0: good morning everybody happy hump day and welcome to the news agenda with me fleet street fox and today i'm joined by the mirrors deputy political editor ben glaze good morning ben
1: morning susie
0: now this is the people's pay-per-view so get into the comments ask us your questions about what's going on in the world those of you listening later on podcast are just going to have to hope someone is coming to help but before we move on to today's paper, I want to discuss some breaking news this morning. It actually happened for once, which is that uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is flying into Britain today to see Rishi Sunak. Now, number 10 just confirmed it this morning, Ben, uh, a little while ago. So what's the reason for this? Is the prime minister's poll rating so low he's having to ship in the leaders of other nations now?
1: It's very interesting, isn't it, that uh, Zelensky is coming for his first visit to the UK since uh, Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th last year and I understand that he's going to um, meet Rishi Sunak at number 10 and then uh, he'll quite likely head to Parliament perhaps to watch Prime Minister's questions and then uh, we understand that he'll address Parliament probably in Westminster Hall I'd have thought sometime uh, after lunch maybe about one o'clock um, and then from there I think it's quite likely he'll probably head down to um, to the southwest to the west country uh, where of course, Ukrainian troops are training on um, on British tanks and training with British military uh, so they can take those skills back to uh, war-torn Ukraine and use them to defend their homeland against the Russians.
0: Right. And uh, I imagine this is obviously it's good news for the Ukrainians, but I imagine it's going to become uh, nice headlines for Rishi Sunak as well, isn't it?
1: Uh, yes, it will, yeah. Um, you know, Boris Johnson had a fantastic relationship with um, with President Zelensky and to be fair to to Boris Johnson, um he was sort of widely acknowledged as having led the West response and stayed as close as, as any ally to Ukraine. Um Liz Truss, obviously she wasn't there for very long, but she also awesome. carried on um carried on Britain's alliance with Ukraine and now Rishi Sunak's doing that. Um and there's uh, there's some interesting um, lines out of what number ten has said this morning that um Pretty soon, that's going to be announcing some training for Ukrainian fighter pilots so that they can um, get used to using NATO standard fighter aircraft. Now, of course, last week we were talking about how Boris Johnson had used a speech to the Atlantic Council think tank in Washington to say that the West should be sending fighter planes to Ukraine. Um, So, if they're training Ukrainian airmen to fly such planes, then of course it does open the door to questions about whether or not the West will end up supplying aircraft. So I think in the coming months, we we could actually expect to see that.
0: Yeah, it's certainly something that they can uh, worry Putin with. I have to wait and see, of course, whether Boris Johnson turns up and also wants his picture taken with Zelensky. Can't seem to probably avoid it. Now Mike spotted the same thing as me. At least when Boris was in trouble, he went to the trouble of going to Ukraine. Rishi has foreign leaders shipped in instead. Uh, ask us your questions about it, everybody. What do you think about Zelensky's trip to Parliament? Uh, is it wise? Is it too soon? Uh, is is he going to get the full Nelson Mandela treatment if he gives a speech in? Parliament, uh, uh westminster hall uh, we'll have to wait and see won't we uh, anyway let's move on to the paper what have we got for you well the mirror has splashed on the fact that the oil giant bp just posted mm-hmm. the biggest profits in its history 23 billion pounds and it's just the latest in a series of stories you probably think you've heard it before because there has been a series of stories about increasingly record breaking mm-hmm profit uh, for BP, Shell, other oil giants, who all seem to be doing very well at the moment. Now, normally, Ben, when a company posts massive profits, it's because they've had a, a technological breakthrough. They've invented a new process, created a, a new product, perhaps, that solves a major problem for millions of people. So presumably, all this extra money is because BP's found a way to make energy out of clean air, and it doesn't harm the environment in any way. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Uh, not quite like that. <laughs> um, of course, what's happened is the war in Ukraine has sent gas prices through the roof um, because everyone started to wean themselves off Russian gas, not that the UK was using much of it to start with. And BP, um, because the price of, of gas and to a lesser extent oil had gone so high over the past year, although it's fallen back wholesale prices in the past few weeks, um, BP and others such as Shell the fossil fuel giants and um, They've reaped these huge profits, and of course, on the one hand, well, it's good, isn't it? A British company is making lots of money. On the other hand, well, we're paying for that. Um, So the point that you know this is a windfall of war, as uh, as Labour have called it, the spoils of war. um, You know, it is going to cause a lot of anger, and we've seen calls uh, yesterday and again this morning for a bigger windfall tax on on big fossil fuel. Firms so that when they're making these extraordinary profits, and they are extraordinary profits, you know, 22 billion pounds a year is, is humongous. Um, but when they are making these huge profits at our expense, because it's us who've had our energy bills soar over the past twelve months, um, that uh, that they should pay more in tax, perhaps, to ease uh, the cost of living crisis on
0: British families. It could be used for lots of other things, couldn't it? Um, Now, get into questions, everybody. What do you think? Do you think it's perfectly reasonable for BP just to have capitalized on an opportunity, as any business might do? Do you think that they're chiseling the customer? Do you want some of your money back via the tax man? Uh, Get into the comments and let us know. Perhaps you're avoiding all BP petrol stations. Um, Now, BP said it did expect to pay. Uh, £1.8 billion of corporation tax to cover the last year, which isn't a tiny amount. Um, and it said the North Sea arm of its business, the, the UK-based bit of exploration, was actually you know, less than 10% of its company profits that it amounted, for, amounted to. Um, and the government, to be fair, already takes about 75% of profits from uh, oil that's dug out in the North Sea. So that all goes to the Treasury. And there's a lot of pension funds, too, that are invested in these oil giants, and they get higher dividends as a result. So BP, if they were here, then, would tell us look, the more profits they make, the better it is for us, in in some ways, if you have a private pension pot. And if you think the Treasury taking 75% out of the explorations in the North Sea is enough. But I think the issue here, isn't it, isn't just the fact that there's this exploration in the North Sea that they tax quite high. It's it's the total worldwide profits of a british company which we're not getting all the tax from
1: that's right so bp as i understand it is taxed on the profits it makes in the uk and it is taxed so it's the corporation tax rate that um, the companies pay but then there's an additional tax on north sea um north sea providers north sea giants uh, and then on top of that, there is the windfall tax that was announced um, last year, reluctantly initially by, um, by Rishi Sunak as Chancellor. He was sort of forced into it by public opinion, Tory backbenchers, and uh, and credit to the Lib Dems, because they were actually first out of the blocks to call for a windfall tax, um, and then Labour followed. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether or not these these calls for an extra windfall tax for BP, Shell and others to pay even more. Um, whether they're heated uh, in, in the coming days. Because, you know, going up this morning, it's damn cold outside, isn't it? You know, it's a very hard frost. It's a lot of fog. It feels cold. you have had to have the heating on because, you know, not as a luxury, not because we're all sitting around in our shorts, T-shirts, bikinis, because it's actually really cold. Um, so when you're putting the heating on, when you're seeing literally on your smart meters how much you're spending um, on your gas to heat your house each day, And then you see the front page of our newspaper today saying that BP's made £23 billion. It is a bit, it does make you think, doesn't it?
0: It does. Unfortunately, the only thing I can really think of is you in a bikini right now, um, which is maybe just my problem rather than anybody else's. Now, Struper, possibly not a real name, says, so we pay more for companies to make more as capitalism working for you Uh, lol yes I suppose it is in some way Uh, get into the questions what do you think do you think there is any kind of justification for these profits do you think that BP is being taxed properly or enough they are putting billions in does that work for you Leslie says why are they allowing this amount of profiteering Um, I suppose there's a technical question here Ben about the amount of regulation that the government is able to exercise on the on the cost of energy and via gem, of course, they've allowed these prices to rise, but capped them at a certain level for a bit. And then that caps coming off. And it's quite technical. But we've got Ed Miliband at the bottom of that spread talking about Labour's windfall tax plans. And of course, Rishi's windfall tax that he imposed, some people may not have noticed, is because according to Labour, it was too weak and it wasn't the one they suggested. So what's the difference? What would Labour do differently? Would they be able to stop these price rises or would they tax it more? What would be the solution?
1: So what Labour has suggested, and this this Ed Ed Miliband op-ed at the bottom, it, it doesn't go into a huge amount of detail about what they would do. But as I understand it, they would increase the windfall tax and use some of that money, if not all of it, to bring bills lower again. So the government, I mean, you may remember back under Theresa May, it was announced there'd be an energy price cap. Um, so you wouldn't pay more. than I can't remember what it was now. It was about £1,300 a year, which now she was like, wow. Oh, is that... Is uh, that uh, 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 1300 a year? Oh, oh happy days. Um, by,
0: the time, uh,
1: by the time it came in, she was out of office. So, uh, so Boris Johnson, I think, was Prime Minister when... Um, when the energy price cap came in, and that was superseded by other mechanisms to try and keep bills low. But the problem the government has, of course, is each time it says we'll cap the bills at X, and it's not its not everyone's bills, remember, because it is still the case that if you use more energy, you will still pay more. It's average price cap, so most of us won't pay more than the cap that is set by the government, but some people will. Um, and, if you know, basically, if you are, not to conjure up again an image of me in my bikini, uh, Susie. But if you are sat <laughs> around all the windows open, all the lights on, the radio is on in every room, and you are just there in your smalls, well, then you will pay more, quite rightly. So there is, um, and the, you know, the enterprise cap is due to change again in the coming months. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> of cleaning when you've got a cold, it would not help you. Wouldn't help clear your chest? Um, the other issue, of course, is people like me that are out in the sticks, you're not on the gas mains, and we have to pay for heating oil. Uh, and that has not really had any protection from the government price cap. Um, and if you've bought it at the wrong time or the right time, there's there's, you know, not really any government help. And my oil this year was about three times what it normally is. And that's I have to pay it. I don't have an option. There's no other way to heat the home. Um, so. It does. uh, The the cap doesn't help everybody. Um, But here's the kick down in the bottom left of that page. It says that one in four homes will feel recession like misery, even if the UK manages to avoid a technical recession. So seven million households are going to feel a very serious pinch, which is quite a lot of voters, Rishi, if you're watching. Or indeed, Mr. Looney from BP, who's pictured on that page. But I was at
1: that briefing yesterday by the National Institute for Economic and Social Research. That led to that story. And on the one hand, they were saying, you know, this is good news because we're going to avoid a recession. They were the first like big um, number crunching organization to suggest that the UK might narrowly avoid a recession. But that's only technically because a recession, you know, it's technically defined as two consecutive quarters. So that's two, three month periods, so six months of negative growth, right? I.e., economy going backwards. So what they were saying yesterday is that technically Britain might not cross the threshold into a recession, but we might bump along with an average growth this year of, get this, 0.2%. Oh, oh, oh cracky. But because so many families, you know, because of the cost of living crisis, with price rises, inflation is 10.7% at the moment, outstripping average wage rises, it will still feel like a recession because you'll have less disposable income. You won't be able to afford 20 quid for a Chinese on a Friday night because you've been paying for your gas, because you've been mm. paying for your electricity, because the food bills have gone up for your weekly shop. So even if Britain technically avoids it, for 7 million people, it won't feel like that.
0: No. And if people feel that they're in a recession and the government comes on the air and says, there's no recession, don't worry about it. I don't think that's going to work quite. But... Uh, We've got to move on to other things. Uh, And on the front, as well as on the 6-7 spread, there are some awful scenes coming out of Turkey as journalists are finally managing to get into that area of the devastating earthquake which hit there a few days ago. 7.8, I think it was, on the Richter scale. Um, Having been in an earthquake that I think was about 2.3, I can... I imagine how much worse that would be. Well, we can't imagine. But the estimates of deaths have climbed to more than 8,000 this morning. And looking at these pictures, that's only going to get a lot, lot higher. Um, There's a terrible picture there in the middle. Uh, You can't see it in too much detail and be glad that you can't. The man in the orange high-vis coat is holding the hand of his daughter, who is dead and buried in the rubble next to him. Um, But Ben, the question I've got here is that having covered lots of humanitarian disasters over the years myself, In the first 72 hours, it's all about the rescue effort and trying to get bodies out of the out of the disaster, trying to find survivors. The next six months really are about sort of cleaning up, um, clearing away the rubble, finding the bodies, making sure that everybody doesn't get cholera because they're left to rot in the streets. And then years and years and years and years of rebuilding and trying to to make things right again. And international aid is needed for every single step of that, usually, because the places where these things happen are often quite poor countries. And there's a team of UK doctors and paramedics who have landed today in Turkey to assess the situation and will be calling in the right equipment as they need it. But as far as I can see, Ben, the, the government official response so far... Uh, that's reported in the paper there is Rishi Sunak has phoned the Turkish president to offer him words of support.
1: Um, Yeah, Rishi spoke to President uh, Recep Tayyip Erdogan last night saying, whatever you want, ask for us, we'll give it. Um, The UK did send out um, a team of 77 search and rescue experts and four search dogs. Now, this is a team made up up mainly of um, firefighters from across different fire brigades across Britain, and each has got um, a small number of firefighters who are on short notice, standby, and obviously it changes, so you're not just sat there the whole time, Mm. a rotation period, um, to be called to go to these disaster sites anywhere in the world. Um, So they they muster, they get together the equipment they need, and this is, because it it is short notice, because the first 72 hours, when you find survivors, because you can survive up to 72 hours without water, without food, right? After that, it's a recovery operation. So these crucial hours, and it's now more than forty-eight hours. So essentially, by the time we go to bed tomorrow, we go to bed tonight. Um, if people haven't been found alive, it's highly unlikely that there will be survivors found in the rubble. So that team landed yesterday in um, Gaziantep, which is uh, the border town in southern Turkey, quite close to Syria, which obviously has its own problems and was affected badly by this earthquake as well. The team's gone in there. They'll start sifting through the rubble. And with them was a separate emergency medical team, an EMT, which goes in and works out what for the next few weeks will be necessary. So they then report you know, very quickly, a very quick turnaround report, and say, we need X, Y, Z um, in terms of these are the people to come over and help the survivors and to try and deal with the, the not the immediate aftermath, which we're currently in, but the sort of shorter-term aftermath, um so britain is you know we have sent uh dozens of rescuers to help and obviously other countries have done that as well so looking at these these pictures um i mean heartbreaking is a word that we overuse but that picture of the uh the chap in the orange coat yeah
0: no i can't i can't imagine that's a horrific terrifying picture um and i can smell having been in some of these areas like that myself i can smell what's what's starting to happen there as the the bodies are lying under the rubble um that's one never leaves your nose once you've had it but we've got uk med which are volunteer sort of medics who've arrived this morning and again go out and assess things as well nhs volunteers um but as was you know there's always got to be a point where international aid Um, you know usually before there's always been like a government announcement going right we're sending x million pounds worth of aid this is the first aid we're going to set up field hospitals we're going to do this we're going to do that here's water here's that there's the other um and i haven't heard any of that is that just because we're not we're missing it and it's not this it's happening but we haven't noticed yet or they haven't had time to do it or for some reason it's going slow or it's it's not happened yet is is turkey not accepting it even
1: um I think part of the phone call that um, the prime minister had with the Turkish president yesterday was to discuss what they need. Um, So at the moment, we've sent personnel. We haven't announced hundreds of millions of pounds worth of aid because it's unclear at the moment what the Turks want. And also, we must understand as well that unlike third world countries where they don't necessarily have an infrastructure to to deal immediately with Um, disasters like this, Turkey is, um, you know, an organised uh, country it does have infrastructure so it's not we're leaving them to get on with it it's at the moment they'll they'll know what they need and once they ask we will give it also interestingly just as an aside there are some ministers um in front of a select committee of parliament later today talking about how um, some of the uk aid budget is actually being used here in the united kingdom so not being spent overseas um, and part of that will be on things like housing, uh, well, not necessarily housing, but looking after channel migrants, uh, people who've come from northern France in the small boats, uh, either picked up by Border Force or the RNLI, or land on the, on the boats on the beaches of Kent. So some of the money that is UK aid that we would think of being spent um, overseas when disasters like this occur, some of it might be spent in the UK. And that's obviously a very contentious issue for. Um eight charities and for some opposition MPs. so that's uh, that's going to come up in uh, Westminster today.
0: Yeah. And of course, the charities will be forming their usual the Disasters Emergency Committee to try and coordinate their efforts in the theatre as well. So hopefully there may be something, as Mike said there, there may be a, a suggestion or a discussion about aid maybe at PMQs. So uh, we'll have to see if that uh, happens later on. It will be carried live on these channels. So come back and have a look at 12 o'clock when PMQs kicks off. And I dare say if Zelensky does give uh, a speech to Parliament or is there in any way, that's going to feature two. Don't know what he's going to think of PMQs. I think the Ukrainian parliament they quite often have actual fist fights, so maybe he'll think it's it's better <laughs> uh, rather than the one that they've they've had. Some of the ones they've had there, although of course they think they had their parliament sitting for quite a while now, thanks to Mr. Putin. Anyway, uh, thank you for that, Ben. Uh, get into the comments, everybody. We'll wrap them up at the end. What do you think about? BP's profits, what do you think about oh, the uh, Labour's plans for a windfall tax? Do we need to do something more? Does it matter when, in a capitalist society, a company makes a lot of money? Surely that is something that we can all be benefiting from, but are you? Um, And uh, in Turkey, do you think we're doing enough? Do you think it's a little bit too early yet? Um, Do you think more should be done? Perhaps you think it's, you've got relatives there. Are you concerned for anybody? Get into the comments and let us know. But first off, uh, we have found some good news in the world. Well, good slash terrifying. We're not really sure. Uh, But here it is. Now, I'm not sure this is really good news or if it's going to mean that you can't sleep tonight. But anyone who's worried that robots are going to take over the world, you may be glad to learn that scientists have discovered AI can be outwitted by a pigeon. Now, the feral gutter rats uh, under discussion are capable, apparently, of high level thinking, according to the University of Iowa, which plainly has too much time and money on its hands. And in a study involving uh, Showing pigeons problems to do with line width, concentric circle and angles, um, and pecking a button to get the right answer. Uh, Four pigeons went from getting it right 50% of the time, which of course is just guesswork, to actually learning how to do it and getting it right 68% of the time. Now, Ben, um, is this proof that we don't need to worry about Arnold Schwarzenegger turning up as Terminator and uh, killing us all? Or perhaps we ought to worry about Hitchcock's The Birds being... Reinvigorated instead.
1: Like, all these researchers who are getting pigeons and getting them to, do, like, honestly,
0: <laughs> what? how
1: is this beneficial to man? Right? Why do <laughs> you know this? Like, I, don't, I see the pigeons in my garden, right, eating off bird feeders, and they're pigeons. They know how to eat. That's all they have to do. They don't have to go around working out concentric circles or knowing pi to the, you know, square root of whatever. Like, I, I hate stories like this. It's, it honestly it gives a bad name to university research.
0: It it can do a bit. I'm not entirely sure of the application for it. Um, there is a little fact box on that page about how brilliant achievements of pigeons in the past including working as messengers and so on in the First World War. Uh, They haven't sort of made any big medical breakthroughs, apparently, or invented anything yet, pigeons. But who knows? Perhaps all that is yet to come, Ben. Perhaps after the nuclear apocalypse, it will be cockroaches, rats and pigeons that take over and they'll have a new and enlightened civilization.
1: I'm Uh, going to into hospital for some, you know, minor procedure and a pigeon being there to do keyhole (laughs) surgery. Great. (laughs)
0: Yeah. What would you trust a pigeon to do? Um, uh, Pigeon replaces Stephen Hawking as emeritus professor at uh, wherever it was. Tom Burns says pigeons need love, too. Uh, It is true, perhaps. And if they are capable of high level thinking, Ben, you're really doing them down. Although I've got to say, perhaps the researchers at the University of Iowa should take a trip down to some of our local bus stations where you would see one legged idiot birds um, who just keep hopping in front of the buses and getting squished, which doesn't really show high level thinking to me. But as Ben says there, we're not quite sure of the benefits to man of this research, but it's certainly of benefits to pigeons, perhaps. Maybe it'll add to the debate about um, protecting uh, other other life forms as sentient beings and giving them the same rights as humans. Who knows? Pigeons and chimpanzees and dolphins. Uh, we're all being outwitted, aren't we? Right, um, are there any questions, Sam, backstage to wrap on? Or is that pretty much it for the day? Uh, I think that's about it. Um, Now, like I said earlier, keep tuned to these channels. Uh, PMQs will be on here at noon. Vladimir Zelensky will probably feature here at some point during the day. So keep an eye on them and find out what's going on there. Uh, in the meantime, we will see you again on Monday for another edition of the News Agenda Explained. Thank you, Ben, for all your help. Thank you, one, for taking part. If you're listening on podcast, please leave us a review so other people can find us. Please don't be rude about pigeons like Ben was. Uh, and we'll see you all again on Monday. Tatty bye, everyone. <laughs>